From Homedale to Salmon River, District 3 has several teams that don't always get their due. Stepping outside the shadows of the SIC, this is the Treasure Valley PrepCast with Logan Green. That's right. Welcome in. Another edition of the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Breaking down the 3A, 2A, 1A scene in District 3 each and every week. Brandon Bainey joined by the man repping the Coal Valley Chargers, Logan oh. Green. What's up? Yeah, that's right. You know, I was just feeling a little golfy today, so I figured I'd wear our 2A Golf State Champions hoodie that we can uh, we can talk about them later. Oh, there's a lot of state champions to get to. Uh, this is kind of our spring sports and really the school year wrap-up extravaganza, Logan. All of the spring sports championships were all jammed into one action-packed weekend last week. Yeah, yeah, wild. What a wild weekend. I mean, we were – so, I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of you out there were watching the 3A broadcasts. Um, it, there, it was run by Weezer was the quote host of the tournament. So not only were they watching the Weezer baseball games out there, but all of them were tracking the softball games over in Buell that were going on or wasn't in fight. It was, it was uh, in Buell. Buell. Yeah. They were all, you know, huddled around. Oh, what's going on? Asking for updates. Uh, what happened over a track? You know, it was, what about tennis? And it just, people just trying to gather as much info as they can because everything was happening on Friday and Saturday. Yeah, it was, it was a wild time. So, yeah, Logan, you and I were broadcasting the 3A state baseball tournament at Northwest Nazarene University in Nampa, and we'll get to that in a second. But the biggest baseball story uh, that emerged from the last week was Nampa Christian once again winning state. Uh, they defeat uh, – they, they get a 7 nothing win over Firth in the championship. Um or excuse me, an eight nothing win over Firth in the, in the championship. They also beat Malad in the semifinals, and uh, they beat St. Mary's in the first round. Um, but the bigger story was not; it wasn't a surprise that Nampa Christian won. But after yeah. the game, and and really, I think as the season was going along, uh, legendary head coach Mark Harris uh, decided, "Hey, this is going to be my final year," and Nampa Christian sends him out as a winner. And I believe it is the twelfth state championship in Coach Harris's career. What a what a coaching career yeah. it's been. Yeah, and I mean we can't we said coming into the season it's probably Nampa Christians to lose. And sure enough, they run the table, uh, win another state championship. Just a, f- a phenomenal season for them. And a, yeah, a great way to go out. Really, um, I know people like the the drama, but I'm sure that you know having no drama was just as just as good, right? Mm-hmm. Just a nice. I don't know, a nice, clean – I'm sure they won't say that on, on their end, but a nice, clean, easy uh, state championship. Not easy, um, but but just just solid performance. It's really funny. I saw – it was Chalice Mackey, their baseball team, one of their, their Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, something page, uh, posted that they played them and they were just glad they didn't get 10-run ruled. That Nampa Christian, they were doing that to everybody all year long and it didn't happen to them. And so they're like, we're proud of our team for – you know, that was – that, that they even looked at it, that, that that their opponents respect them so much that they're nobody wants to lose, but it, they they looked at a respectable loss to Nampa Christian as a victory for them. And I mean, I, if that doesn't tell you enough about a program, I don't know what will. Where if a, a an opponent is pleased with their performance in a loss to you, um, that they feel like they won because you didn't annihilate them. So you know, Nampa Christian, just congratulations for another great. Uh, season it wasn't I don't think anybody did not see this coming to be completely honest um, I mean we saw it all year and it kind of shaked out exactly how we thought it would shake out 
just so many good athletes and and really good pitching. And if you've got good pitching, I mean, you're always going to be in the mix. So congratulations to Nampa Christian. We thought maybe it'd be an all district three final with Melba. Uh, Melba falls to Firth in the semifinals four to two. And then they fall in the third place game to Malad one, nothing, but a top four finish for Melba and just a couple of close losses to end the year. Yeah. It's crazy to see a one Oh finish in a third place game, right? Like, what did our, ours had like 20 runs or something that yeah. they were something wild and, you know, or uh, no, not the third place game, but some of the consolation games or, you know, say when you burn through your pitchers, right. You burn through your pitchers and you get late standing, but for Melba, I mean, you lost the game, but you only gave up one run on day three. That's pretty good. That no, you know that your pitching is in good shape and you, you know, you only gave up four the day before, um, so pretty good performance by them, even in a, even falling in that third place game. Yeah. And you know, maybe what might've been for Melba had they gotten to the championship, but still a top four finish. Uh, nice job there. Uh, three, a baseball tournament, Logan, this is where you and I were. Yeah. And we, the, with the fact that a district three team got to the championship, wasn't surprising, but I think it was the team that emerged, uh, fruitland right. fruitland, the number seven seed, they knock out Kimberly, the two seed in the first round, eight to three. They absolutely demolish Weezer, uh, the defending three A champs, and the three seed in the semifinals, twenty to six. And then they get to the championship and, and run out of steam against a Marsh Valley team that ten run ruled every team they played. But man, what a fun run that was to watch this young Grizzlies team. Yeah. The entire the entire infield is freshman Logan. Yeah, no, fun. they were extremely fun to watch, and and I'll say that that was the most fun little team I've seen, you know, the little team that could, I'm sure they'll be offended by that, but no, they're young. They're just so young, but they were so good. And here's the thing, Brandon. I mean, we talked about it on our broadcast. We thought maybe Kimberly made a mistake in that first game where they pulled their starter, put somebody, you know, put the other guy in and then um, they ended up falling apart. But the thing is, I don't think I gave Fruitland enough credit and I just want to give them that now that it didn't matter that was still a Kimberly team that blew through their season, except for two games, you know, except for the first week of the season coming off a state basketball championship and two games against the state champs, Marsh Valley, which they only lost three to two. And we saw what Marsh Valley did, but my goodness, you stood out there and they took the balls. They took the walks. They did not bite. They are freshmen. Half that, no, half that lineup is out there as a freshman, and they didn't bite on the bad pitches. They didn't swing at things they shouldn't have. They let it come to them, and they got those runs across the board. Doesn't matter that the the pitcher changed. Kimberly had been doing that to teams all year, and what Zane Bidwell did on the mound in that first game to just completely shut them down is worthy of of honor and praise to, to do that. And I know that I think I overlooked it. I said Kimberly blew it, but really, I mean, Fruitland stood in there. And they did what they had to do, and they took what came to them. And they, because of it, they went to a state championship. The next day, they turned up the heat. And I think, I think after that, they're like, "All right, we're here." And uh, they just creamed Weezer. Um, but man, they didn't make mistakes in that first game. They they could have made mistakes. They didn't. They could have, you know, they they could have swung at those bad pitches. They didn't. They could have, you know, Bidwell could have gone out and pitched a terrible game. Catcher could have missed a lot of balls. That didn't happen. So they earned every bit of that victory um, against Kimberly. And we saw Kimberly go on, and, and we thought that they, they pitched a no-hitter. 
Um, they just they they shut out their next two teams. They did very very well in their next two games. And you look at them and said, man, maybe this this is a team that probably could have and defeated Marsh Valley, and that they were the ones to st- to stand with them. But on that day, Fruitland was better than Kimberly. Yeah, Kimberly after they lost to Fruitland got a no hitter and a one hitter. So they allowed yeah. one hit over the next two games. Um, yeah, for Fruitland, Zane Bidwell, what a tournament he had. You talked about the pitching performance. He held a Kimberly lineup where every single player was batting over 300 to just the three runs. And then in the championship game against Marsh Valley, he crushed a home run to left field as well. One of only yeah. three three players to hit a home run and one of only two to hit a home run that actually you know went out of the park. So pretty impressive. Yeah, no, yeah. Great effort from Fruitland. Um, nothing to be disappointed about if I'm them. I look forward and I say, I, <laughs> they are going to be very good for the next couple of years. They just have the youth there. And those guys have played for a state championship. Just having that under your belt is going to bode well in the future for you. We had a we had a wild opening round game between Weezer and Homedale. It was a uh, twelve to eleven Weezer victory. They got to the seventh inning up twelve to eight, and Homedale refused to go away. They scored three runs to get to within a run. Yeah. They had the tying and go ahead runs on base, and Weezer was just you know down to their last pitchers. And Brock Spencer came in and got a one pitch save. Got got a pop up to end that that game and then Homedale turns around and has to play Kimberly right away, which is no picnic and they get no hit. Um, But for Homedale, really the story with them was uh, the defense, the defense let them down time and again. And I mean, the same thing for Weezer. Like we saw that in that game, there were, it was error fest all over the place. And then it just continued the next day for Weezer. They win that game, but then they give up 20 runs to Fruitland. Like, I think we were looking at the stats, and I don't think Weezer had given up more than 10 in a game, but twice in games in which they won. And then to give up 20, just a phenomenal, like, uh, just a comedy of errors, really, in those for, 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 um, for Homedale and Weezer throughout their games. Just unfortunate that that's when it decided to come because they both played so well all year long. And, you know, Homedale had to go and win a playing game just to get there. So they're obviously a good team, and, and they were a pitch away from being in the semifinals instead of Weezer. A game which, they, again, you mentioned that they were down 12-8 to eight in, the, in the seventh, but they were up in the second 5-0. to zero. Just, it, it, just a wild game, and if both teams, you think it was fun to watch, but if both teams could have calmed down those errors and, and the defense, it, it could have been a, a you know middle-of-the-road 7-8 run type game uh, for each team, but still a good effort. But yeah, just too many errors from both of those teams in the state tournament setting. Yeah. I felt awful for Dylan fine. The great sophomore pitcher for Homedale. I mean, he allowed 12 runs. Only three of those were earned. So that yeah. kind of gives you an idea of what, what the defense was like. So Weezer kind of had the roller coaster, right? They had the big win over Homedale. Then they had to play another district rival in Fruitland. Um, they're licking their wounds a little bit. They come back in the third place game and defeat Sugar Salem uh, with a great pitching performance from Willie Schertz. And like you said, Weezer was kind of just one bad game away from possibly challenging Marsh Valley for that championship. Yeah. Yeah. I just, it's crazy what happened. Um, I mean, I mean, you know what? Fruitland played the best um, and they earned their trip. Um, 
Kimberly, like I said, that's probably the matchup we all thought we would see in the in the championship. But I tell you what, those young guys for Fruitland, they they earned every bit of their trip to the state championship. For sure. So there was a lot of good 3A action. And then at the 1A baseball tournament, Logan, um, going in, I thought, you know, in terms of District 3, I thought North Star Charter would win their first round game. But I wasn't confident that the other three representatives, Glens Ferry and Rimrock and Garden Valley, I was not confident that any of them would win. Not because I didn't think they could, but just typically the teams up north historically have been so good. Yeah. Well, North Star couldn't even win. They, uh, District three gets swept in the first yeah. round for nothing. And I think that probably doesn't happen if District two didn't end the way it did up there. <laughs> Their one and two, Troy and Genesee, ended up losing to Clearwater Valley and Prairie. And so the way that that one that bracket is seated based on your position in the or in the district tournament. And so you you had North Star and playing Troy and that that's probably that's a semifinal game I think potentially even a state championship matchup Um, I think the Genesee Troy and North Star are neck and neck those three Um, and I mean you saw it was a close game right Um, I think it was four to two four to three something like that Um, that North Star ended up falling to Troy Troy goes on to win it I mean they go on to win the state championship so their first one I believe um, but yeah, just, just not, um, <laughs> those teams from the North, um, they, they had their way with our, with our boys here, uh, this last weekend. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it was a tough way to go. Now, North star, you know, to their credit, um, battle back and end up winning the consolation over Glens Ferry to me, North star was head and shoulders better than anybody else from, from district three. So the way that yeah. panned out didn't really surprise me. And now for North star charter, you know, they said it best on, on their Facebook page. Uh, their baseball team is a Facebook page. And they said, hey, um, you know, this tournament didn't end the way we wanted it to, but we uh, or didn't go the way we wanted it to. But we, we ended with a win. And now we move on to a new challenge next year as North Star Charter, of course, is moving up to the 2A level. So now yeah. they're, they're going to be we'll find out right away. You know, you get thrown in with Melba and Napa Christian and the likes. And, and you know, I, I think that's great for them because, yeah, I, they were they were. I don't know how much challenge they got during the regular season, to be honest. Um, and that's not a knock on. I mean, it's just it, it's just the way it is. It's facts. Like it's not trying to be rude or mean, but <clears throat> play, having them play Nampa Christian every week, uh, not every week, but uh, you know Melba, Nampa Christian, New Plymouth, getting involved with those teams, playing non-conference games against other two A schools. I think it'll bode well. You know, even playing up, like you'll probably see them play some of those three A teams as well being a two-way, um, maybe like a Fruitland, a Homedale, uh, Parma, Payette. Um, so I think it's great for them. I think it's great for um, – it's also good for, I think, honestly, for those those other 1A teams that you don't have uh, your Goliath standing there just absolutely crushing you every time. Um, that's my point of view with it, but um, that might might spark a little more interest in other teams um, or a little more, yeah. little more confidence in them knowing that – uh, well, you know, we don't have to throw in our towel immediately. Um, but I think it'd be fun to see North Star and Nampa Christian face off and they can really see where they stand um, in terms of Idaho State baseball. For sure. You're already providing that bulletin board material for next year, Logan. I like it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. You mentioned uh, 3A softball. This was a wild tournament as we pivot now to softball. Uh, the 3A state tournament took place in Buell. Uh, it was an all 
District 3 undefeated semifinal first thing Saturday morning. And Weezer defeated Homedale in that undefeated semifinal 12 to 5. So Homedale now staring down the barrel, one loss away from their season coming to an end. They battle back and win uh, the fourth place game over uh, South Fremont. And then they defeat Buell, the hosts, in the third place game. And so now you've got this showdown. Homedale has battled their way back to play Weezer, but it's a true double elimination tournament. So Homedale has to beat Weezer not once, but twice to win the title. And that's exactly right. what they did. Yeah. And they didn't just beat them, they beat them. <laughs> like they beat them 20 to 10 and then 16 to 6. Like yeah. they really turned up the Jets after that loss, you know, saying, you know what, let's. You know what? You play differently, right? When when you know that I have to do everything I can or I'm done. Sometimes you can play a little more relaxed when you know, ah, I got a game in my pocket and then you're scrambling to get that I don't know, edge that that home like for Weezer, they didn't have, you know, they knew they were a little bit safe, right? That you know what? I can lose one and I'm still okay. But if you're Homedale, you're like, I'm done. You know, they're coming in with a different energy. And they didn't have to pivot to that energy like Weezer had to do in the state championship game. So you got to think that, hey, you know what, maybe that played some factor in this, that that we that Homedale was already there. They were already driven. They knew their season was on the line. Um, and Weezer had to kind of change their mindset into that. Yeah, it was really impressive to see Homedale come back. And I felt awful <clears throat> for Weezer, of course, like you said, uh, Tyler Grant, the athletic director of Weezer, was the tournament host. And so it was all Weezer folks up in the box with us and just seeing that in real time and you know as they're reacting to uh what's happening at state softball was was tough to watch but still a very nice season for weezer and like we said they kind of emerged um they weren't talked about as you know they weren't ballyhooed much in in the regular season and so weezer had a really nice season to take second overall at state um beyond that for softball there weren't any other champions um Nampa Christian finished fourth overall at the 2A state softball tournament. Um, and the wild thing was is that they lost their first round game while New Plymouth won their first round game. New Plymouth actually had to play Melba uh, in their first round game. Melba ends up going two yeah. and out. But New Plymouth gets to the semifinals where they're playing Malad, the eventual champs, and they lose that game three to two, which is gut-wrenching. And I think sometimes when you put everything you've got into trying to take out the the Goliath in Malad, and you don't come through, and you lose in a in a tight game. You kind of get deflated, and and you're spent. And so what happens? New Plymouth has to turn around and play Nampa Christian in the loser out game, and the Trojans pounced and they knocked out New Plymouth sixteen to three. It was pretty surprising. Yeah, yeah, surprising to see it by that score. And you're right. You got to think that, man. I I had a great shot at the the team to beat, and I didn't. And now you know you've got to fight back and still beat them. Two more, you, you had them right. You were right there on the line of of being in the driver's seat, and then you're not. And then you look at it and you, the daunting task of, at the end of the day, somebody's got to have to play Malad twice um, and beat them twice. And and you know what? It just came all crashing down for them, unfortunately. Yeah, and at the one A state softball tournament as well. Um, notice came in as a team we thought could, could contend. Yeah. Um, but they lost, uh, they, so they had the first round by there. There's six teams in the, in the, in the two district champions get a first round <clears> by. <throat> so notice sat back and watched Glenn's Ferry win their opener. 
and then they lose to Glens Ferry. So yeah. credit to the pilots because that's hard to do to play a team that's fully rested uh, and to win that game. And so notice loses nine to six. They barely stay alive by beating Kendrick eleven to nine, and then they lose to to Genesee, who ended up taking second overall. They lose to Genesee seven to four. So for notice, uh, kind of like last year, they yeah. they went in as the district champion, but at the end it was Glens Ferry who yeah. outlasted them at state. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you, we mentioned it. I don't know a dozen times throughout the year that that happened, and and it happened again. Just uh, you know, as it stinks for notice, right? I feel like notice is a school. They're just they're all they make it to state and in quite a bit of tournaments. They just can't get over that hump at state, right? The football team seems to always be there. Girls basketball made it this year. Uh, softball team, and, and they just can't. Would love to see notice just get over that that hump right there just they're always so close they're just right on the edge they're they're always in the mix but they yeah like you said they they're they get a ticket but they don't ever get like past the front door they right like, they get there but yeah just, we just we just don't see them typically playing deep right they 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 maybe can win that first round game but we, we really i'd love to see them push forward in the future for sure. Um, Greenleaf Friends was there as well. They went two and out, but a nice season uh, by the Grizzlies as well. It was nice to see them make state uh, for softball. All right, let's go to golf, Logan, where this all happened on Monday, last Monday. Uh, Coal Valley Christian wins the 2A boys golf title. And typically, if you win the team title, that usually means you have the individual champ as well. And the Chargers had that honor in Parker Wallace. Yeah, what he shoot? A three over, I think, to win over... Um, uh, Gavin uh, wrote a, and correct me if I'm wrong on the name. I've been doing my best here. Gavin oh, Rodeguero of North Star Charter. North Star Charter. Okay, I, prob- yeah, I, I probably botched that. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> he won by I mean, a stroke. Once again, I mean the the boys and girls both sweep it away, right? For for Cole Valley. So, like you yeah. said, the the top performer there, and then did I don't think they had the the winner right though in girls i think they had the top they had, they had the top up- two yeah let me let me double check that um yeah oh yes okay so yeah kellyanne stroud from chalice so ran, yeah ran away with so the someone, yeah so chalice had the top performer but then cole valley had two three and four if yes. that's right so so the way so the way it worked on the girls side so yes cole valley won the team titles in golf for both 2a boys and two a girls parker wallace is the top individual on the boys side for cole valley christian the top individual on the girls side was kellyanne strand of uh chalice and she is uh going on to play at nebraska next year she's going to play golf for the Cornhuskers, so she is a big time talent um but uh the second place finisher was actually from ambrose it was Katrina Von Baron of Ambrose. So you're thinking, well, how did Cole Valley, you know, end up winning the team title? Well, they took third and fourth with the Singh Pursuits. You'll remember uh, so yeah. Gra- Grace Singh Pursuit took third. Chloe, the younger Singh Pursuit, took fourth. And you'll remember we talked about Chloe a couple of weeks ago when she got to go compete at the um, the drive, pitch, and putt championships down at Augusta. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so, so from, I mean, great effort from them to do that once again, like to 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 sweep it, right? We got a sweep. We saw that in basketball. There was a lapway sweep of boys and girls, and we have a sweep right here of Cole Valley Christian winning the boys and the girls 
uh, state championship for golf. Yep. And on the, the 3A girls' side as well, uh, Tia Uranga of Homedale wins the individual title. And I'll be honest, I'd kind of forgotten about her. You know, I was looking at the big board of 3A girls' golf contenders and, you know, Reese Gary from Kimberly, uh, I thought was the favorite coming in. She took third. And then I was like, well, Braylon Bayer at Bonner's Ferry is good. And she's only a sophomore. Well, she took second. I totally forgot about Tia Uranga of Homedale. And so congratulations to her for winning the 3A individual title as well. Um, let's move on to tennis where there was a lot of success for teams and from I district. Think, well, oh, go ahead. Sorry, Logan. Um, yeah. So, um, if, if I'm, if I'm right, I'm guessing T is she the sister of Daniel Uranga? Uh, somehow related to, to the other Uranga. So Daniel Uranga, right. Was the quarterback for Homedale for a couple of years, but he also, so he's actually playing golf at Duke right now. So he's ah. on the, the Duke golf team. So he's back in my hometown, right? So he's in, in Durham, North Carolina, playing for the Blue Devils. We'll forgive him for playing for the Blue Devils. It's, you know, everybody makes mistakes. Um, I mean, they did lose to NC State in the I-40 Cup, um, but that's not here or there. Um, but, you know, I, I've kind of just been keeping an eye on him a little bit um, over at Duke, just just for selfish reasons, because that's my neck of the woods um, falling up. So I don't know if they're related, but golf must run in the family if they are. Yeah. So I know there's the, the Uringa family is, is bigger and there's a lot of cousins. So I don't, I don't know if they're cousins or siblings, but either way they they're related. They're somehow related. Right. So somehow they're, they're related over there, but no, that's just what I wanted to bring up that. And yeah, how the relation is there, but I know Daniel's over at Duke. And I think he's doing pretty good over there at Duke um, this year. But yes, anyway, <laughs> um, so you're right. And I kind of forgot about that connection. So that was a, that was a good way to bring it back um, for our golf conversation. All right. Let's let's talk about tennis. Three uh, A state tennis meet. The SRV sweeps the top three spots in the girls team race. And this was close. I mean, from first to third was only separated by six total points. Fruitland wins the 3A girls tennis title with 46 points. Parma takes second with 44. Weezer finishes third with 40. This thing was tight. Yeah, it says a lot about the tennis scene here at District 3. I mean, the boys also run away with it um, at the 3A level in terms of, of giving it over to, to Parma. And so you just look at it and say, man, I guess we got some uh, – we got some really good tennis that's going on over here as well. You look at the um, in the singles competition; it was all Weezer in the singles with Emma Tolman getting the better of Christy Bake in that in that final round. But uh, still, Fruitland came out on top though at the end of the day. Yeah, so Fruitland did a little bit better in in those back end placements um, to to win the tennis title. Yeah, that that all Weezer girls singles final. Emma Tolman was the two seed. Christy Bake was the top seed, so two beat one, and she she won pretty handily, six three six one. So way to go uh, for Emma Tolman, your three A singles champ. Fruitland did get a win in doubles with Grace Huff and, and Audrey Saba. They they beat Brooklyn uh, Brooklyn Mann and and Haley Stitz of Parma seven six six one. So that was pretty competitive. And then you talked about it, Logan, on the boys side. Parma runs away with the the three A title, uh, forty one points. Sun Valley Community School took second at twenty four. Um, Hayden Ankenbauer won the singles title over Oscar Hepworth of, of Coeur d'Alene Charter. 
Um, Parma also had the doubles champ, Bronson Buis and, and Braden Hancock defeated Weezer's Hunter McClellan and Charlie Woods in the final. And how about this? You want you want to know why Parma ran away with the title? They had this, the boys singles champ, the boys doubles champ, and they had the mixed doubles champion as well. Carly Hancock and Evan Weber defeated a, a Sun Valley duo in the final. There you go. It's hard to lose a championship when you sweep the board, right? When you when you clean up. So yeah, that's it's a great effort by them. You know, I I have a I have a friend. So I live in Middleton. Um, I have a friend that um, he's on the, the I mean, a friend. He's younger than me, obviously, but I've known him for many years since he's in elementary school, and he was a freshman at Middleton and made it to state um, this year for Middleton, and he I think he got beat pretty good. Um, and uh, you know, but the, the thing is, is, there are so many good athletes out there. If you make it to state and you don't win, especially if you're an underclassman, like there there are so many years to come. And just don't get discouraged. Like there, there's people that have been doing it out there, especially I just think of the freshmen, right? Like the freshmen from Fruitland, probably a little dejected, but they played against a heavy, older Marsh Valley team. And there's no shame in that. And like my friend, you know, hearing about it from his mom, like there's no shame in, in that. Like th- those people, you're at the same spot as somebody that that's years older than you. And so for those athletes out there that, that didn't get it done at state, it just – there's no shame in it. Just, just come back. Like my, I never, my teams were always horrid and we never made it to anything, nothing, nothing, right. never the playoffs, never a conference championship, nothing. And I would have loved to have just, just qualified. I want my, I want my hoodie, right? I want the um, nothing, never. And so just making it, I know it, it stinks. It, 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 that's not the, that's not the goal is just to make it but just enjoy the fact that you did. And, you know, it's an honor to do it. And you're one of the best in what you do in the state of Idaho, even if if you didn't come away with a trophy. So just, just that's a little soapbox, but no, that's good. anybody, Anybody that makes it has, has been successful in my, my book. Yeah. That's, that's a good, uh, life lesson, a good reminder of, you know, it's not always just the wins and losses. So, um, all right, let's let's finish up with track and field. There was a lot of uh, champions to crown in the track and field arena. 3A girls side, Fruitland wins the 3A girls title with 83 total points. They they hold off Kimberly by five points. Kimberly took second with 78, and Sugar Salem was third at 77. So kind of like that 3A girls tennis. The 3A girls track and field was tight. But how about that? Fruitland wins girls tennis and girls track and field. So you would think those two teams would be pulling athletes away from each other, but they both yeah. were still strong enough on their own to win titles. Yeah. And they were, you know, the baseball team was in the state championship. So it's just uh <laughs> Fruitland, a very successful spring season for everybody there. Yeah. Well, you, you talked about freshmen a little while ago. Uh, Lydia Lindsay came on the scene for Fruitland uh, as a freshman in the sprints. Uh, she won the 100 and the 200. She set a PR in the 200. And she also anchored Fruitland's title winning four by 100 meter relay with Ambry Hart, Zoe Berry, and Alexi Drollinger. Um, and then they they got a sweep in the distance races as well. Emma Hillam won the 800, 1600, and 3200 meter runs. She also anchored uh, Fruitland's uh, distance medley that 100, 100, 200, 400. So she ran the 400 leg. Uh, of the state champion medley team with Zoe Berry, Ambry Hart, and Alexi Drollinger. So 
Um, you had a freshman in the sprints and upperclassmen in the distance races. And Logan, I can't stress how hard it is to win all three of those races, the eight, the 16 and the 32. Well, I, so as a 16, right. Is for the track people that are not, well, not track people, right. Is a one mile run essentially. Yep. And a 3,200 is a two mile run. I don't know if I could run a mile in 11 minutes, 15 seconds, like um, Emma did from Fruitland. Like that, her 1600 was a five minutes and 11 seconds. That is, that's, that's scary, Brandon. I can't, yeah. I would, I would literally die if I tried to do that. Yeah. Like to, to be able to run it that fat, like that is, and that's probably because I'm just, I'm fat, old and out of shape. But even when I was a teenager, I don't, there was not a chance. Like, I, I mean, I was, I played a lot of sports. I, there was not a chance I was going to run a mile in 511. I not even I don't even think I ever was a sub 7 or a sub 8. Um that is extremely impressive. Like that's that's good stuff right there. I will say my mile time would be more on pace with her 2 mile time that 11 15 yes. yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> if I'm not dead. I yeah. don't know how they factor that in like if you die while you're running it like do they That's a that's a 30 minute penalty. No, it's okay. Know. Okay. I was wondering yeah. what the penalty was on that. What is the stroke? that you gain if you just collapse and never get up. But right. Uh, man, it's impressive to be, like you said, Brandon, I mean, those are a half mile, a mile and a two mile that she ran and she broke it up and wins them all. And there, you gotta, I mean, I, I, I was not a track athlete, so I don't know. I, I would just imagine that the, the idea of running them are, are different, right? I'm sure that 800, you are, you're busting it right to get it done. Same. I mean, same with all, I would be busting it to ever hit those times but you probably pace yourself a little bit differently, um, save it. And, you know, it's, you know, you got to plan ahead and, and know what you're going to do. Yeah, for sure. So uh, anyway. uh, also from the three, a state meet uh, on the girls side, Weezer wins the four by four relay with Kaylee LaRue, Kylie Quinton, Kate Davies, and Maddie shirts. And uh, Sydney Dennison of Payette wins the triple jump and the long jump. So a double, double gold for Sydney Dennison of Payette way to go. And speaking of Payette on the boys side, Case Lewis wins the high jump by clearing six foot two. So uh, between Lewis on the boys side and Dennison on the girls side, Payette had a champion in all three jumping events. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So they can jump and Payette. Isn't that interesting? Like how some schools like just dominate one area and jumping is Payette's field, I guess. Well, speaking of schools that dominate, not just one area, but dominate everything. Melba sweeps. The 2A track and field titles. Not a surprise on the girls' side. They were the favorite going in, and they win the, the 2A title on the girls' side with 106 points. Now, they did that with only three gold performances. Um, really, it was a depth of numbers victory for Melba. They had a lot of second, third, fourth place finishes, but their champions were Maya Young in the 100. Um, the four by 200 meter relay team, Hallie Arnold, Kendall Clark, Anna Schaefer, and Maya Young on the anchor. And then Kendall Clark wins the triple jump as well. So Melba, despite not having a lot of performers at the top of the podium, had enough depth to, to win the two, a girls title. Yeah. And then they just go and do the same thing there at the boys title, right? <laughs> they, they sweep it there. So we got a Cole Valley sweep in, um, golf. And then we have a Melba sweep in track and field. And uh, you look at the boys' side with um, who else? But Joe Reber just decided to, you know, I'll pick up, I'll pick up some track this year, and goes and, and wins a couple state championships on his own. Yeah, it was it was wild. So 
Yeah, so Melba wins their first ever boys track and field title. And we got an email from a Melba fan a couple of weeks ago, you know, asking us to break down their chances. And they said it was pretty good. If if their studs show up and, and deliver, uh, they're going to be right there. Uh, they score 98 points. And yeah, we talked about, you know, it was about a month ago, but we talked about how Joe Reber was coming out for track for the first time ever. He wins the 100 and the 200. He also was the anchor on the Mustang state title winning four by one relay with Ben Crott, uh, Easton Draper and Karsten Volkers. And then the other guy we knew was going to be a stud was McCoy Richardson. He's done this before he wins the 400 and both hurdles races, the 110 and the 300 hurdles. And he was also an anchor on Melba's four by four relay team that took first place with Caden Daly, Easton Draper and Ruben Manzer. So really, uh, in, in the short sprints and the hurdles, Melba pretty much cleaned up. They did, and you know they—I mean they—they they ended up winning the whole thing there. But uh, you know, Nampa Christian also showed up pretty well at the state tournament as well on their end. Yeah, Grady Mylander uh, wins the eight hundred and the sixteen hundred. And um, it was going to be a battle between him and Danny Simmons of Salmon in all of those distance races. Danny Simmons won the, the 3,200, but Mylander got him, got the better of him in, in the two shorter races. And um, that Napa Christian uh, medley team, the 200, 200, 400, 800 team wins state with Tyson Evanhouse, Christian Lang, and, and Donovan Wiles and, and Mylander on the anchor. I was telling you about that, that medley relay team, Logan, at the direct com invite about a month ago where they lost to Blackfoot by five one hundredths of a second. And I knew that Napa Christian was going to be really good in that event. Right. And then they take care of business there. But if we look back at Grady Mylander, that his mile was four seventeen. <laughs> I, I can't even I can't even in a million years ever think of doing that. That is that's impressive. Five or four seventeen on a sixteen hundred. That's it's a heck of a run right there. Right. And and you know what the craziest performance was from the two A state meet? It didn't even come from a champion. Well, it came from a champion, but um the the most impressive district three performance to, to me came in the high jump, Logan. So we look we looked at at the three A meet, Case Lewis won the high jump by clearing six foot two, right? The winning jump at the two A state track meet on the boys' side for the high jump was six foot ten. Six ten. Oh Think gosh. about that. Christian Bush of Bear Lake won it by clearing six foot ten. But guess what? Joe Reber also cleared six foot ten. But <sighs> but Bush won the title because he had fewer fouls. Mm. Um, where whereas Reber hit the bar more times. Um, but that is crazy to me to think that Joe Reber in his first year of track, like we know the dude can elevate, we yeah. know he can dunk it, but clearing six foot ten in the high jump, that was easily the highest clearance of any athlete, all the way up to five eight over the yeah. weekend. Really impressive from both those guys. Yeah, I mean, I've when I saw him play in that basketball game at Ambrose back in January, when he got up, I was I was blown away just looking at him. I did he got up there and I mean he was he got up, and so it doesn't surprise me that he was able to do that at state track and field with a little, you know, with a little bit of practice, uh, getting that under his belt. But um, yeah, no, I, we knew he could jump, but even when you look at it like that with the statistic, it's it's crazy. What a meet for Joe Reber um, and and Melba uh, in general. Uh, finally, from the one A meet, uh, we did have one girls champion. Uh, it was a freshman, Anna Dixon from Greenleaf Friends, wins the mile five twenty five eleven. Still a pretty good time. Yeah, well, it's, 
Yeah, that's impressive. I mean, still, I, I, every time I see that, uh, those numbers for those mile runs, I just, I am always impressed. I just can't, I, I can't even fathom doing it. So congratulations to everybody. And, you know, especially like, like you mentioned with Anna Dixon, just a freshman at Greenleaf to be able to go out and do that. That's, that's awesome. So congrats to her. Yeah, pretty remarkable stuff. And so um, we ran a little long today, but man, there was a lot of good stuff we had to get to, right? A lot of teams and athletes that needed to be recognized. And so now there's a couple of house cleaning things we got to talk about here at the end of the podcast. You know, we're getting some questions. And the first question is, okay, now that the school year is done, is the podcast going away for the summer? And the answer to that is no. Uh, We are going to take next week off just to kind of reset because it was a wild school year. We've done over 40 of these over the course of the year. Wow. Logan, think about that. It's pretty crazy. So we're going to take a break, uh, but we will be back in two weeks with some off-season podcasts. So we're going to bring on guests. We're going to bring on different coaches, different athletes, get to know these, these people we talk about all the time, get to know them a little bit better and you know know what makes them tick. And so we're going to bring on some off-season guests to kind of, you know, have some off-season content for you. Just because the summer is over and there's no actual sports going on, we're not going away. We're, we're going to be here. We're going to keep that presence throughout. Now, the other uh, component of this podcast moving forward, Logan, is that we announced on the SIC PrepCast. So for fans that may not know, this is the Treasure Valley PrepCast, and this is where we strictly talk 3A, 2A, 1A. Well, we also do a separate podcast podcast prep cast called the sic prep cast where we talk just 5a 4a well wayne to our uh great host on the sic prep cast is moving so you know we made the big announcement we did our final show earlier this week he's moving to your old stomping grounds right. Logan, north carolina so uh he's going off into semi-retirement and we wish him the best but now the question is well who steps up and fills that void and the answer is it's you, Logan. Oh, I mean, uh-oh. you're I'm sorry, everybody. More <laughs> of me. That's just what everybody wants. You're you're well suited for this. I mean, for those that may not know, uh, you you live in Middleton, yep. so you know all about you know what's going on at the 4A scene, and now Middleton is transitioning to 5A athletics starting next year. So it's going to be too difficult for us to do two separate podcasts each week, right? We're both incredibly busy guys, and we have a real um, uh, boss that's a real stickler, right? <laughs> so uh, for sure. So uh, what we're going to do is uh, it'll still be the Treasure Valley prep cast, but we're going to fold in some of that 5A, 4A stuff. So we're going to cover it all. We're going to go 5A all the way down to 1A each week. And what that means is, we probably won't hit every classification every week, or if we do, it's going to be maybe just a quick drive by. But if there's a big story going on, kind of like we did in the spring, send those emails in. If there's topics you want us to talk about and, and we'll certainly yeah. cover them. So, yeah, we don't, I don't plan to not, you know, neglect the, what we were already doing. Right. Know, to, we won't, it's not like if we give a, a 35 minutes every week, we're not giving half and half. We're not going to cut into that. We'll just add on the new stuff so yes um maybe a little bit longer than other prep casts because it's a combo but we will not neglect the people that we've been with the whole time that yes and yeah i want to stress that it's not going to become we're talking about rocky mountain and bora for 30 of the 35 minutes that's not that's not how this is going to go um so we hope everybody sticks with us as we kind of melt these two audiences together so what that means is during this off-season interview series 
we're going to do some 5A, 4A interviews that you're going to see in your podcast feed. But uh, we want you to still come along for the ride because it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I think generally people like us, Logan, right? I, I would. I think so. <laughs> I mean, maybe not, but nobody's told me that they hate me. So I don't know. You're okay. you're really good at getting um, gear and stuff from these teams like your Coal Valley sweatshirt. But yeah, stuff. you know, I will again. I'm a sucker for it. I'll take it. You know, we're and at the state basketball tournaments. I mean, we got we got Lapway hoodies. So I know that's not district two, not district three, but you know what? I'll take it. I really like that Lapway hoodie. Yeah, I I do too. And th- and that was unsolicited. We didn't. Oh no, even- yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Um. And then what? We then got some Oakley- Mel- we got some Melba golf shirts, right? Yeah, I got Which- a Melba shirt. And then somebody threw an uh, Oakley threw a shirt at us. Yeah. Um, during the basketball tournament, which is nice. But um, you know what? If I if I need a Nampa Christian um, champs baseball shirt, or if somebody's just got one, you know, we won't we won't say no to it. You know, uh, well, you know, whatever, whatever. No one's listening right now, anyways. It's it's, it's too far gone. But yeah. no, I love it. I love being able to to rep any of the schools around, especially our our schools here in District Three. For sure. And I think we'll probably just rehash uh, the, the format changes moving forward each each week for the next couple of episodes yeah. at the beginning. So people aren't like totally thrown off. What's going on here? OK, so sorry. I got one more thing. OK, La- on the state preview show, we talked about the best baseball uniforms. Oh, right. Um, that was a question or something like that. But and I'm, I'm going to retract everything I said and I'm going to give them to Fruitland. Um, they by far. I love it. Just. That's whitest, what I said. White and the brightest orange. It was a perfect uniform. I loved it. I thought they had the best ones. Hands down, not even close. Um, Weezer had these butter colored uniforms that were yeah. definitely different. Um, and then Homedale used, had a nice touch of uniforms that incorporated major league teams. Um, like they had the Angels font one day. And then I can't remember who it was the second day. They Te- had Texas deal. Rangers. Rangers. That's right. They had the T with the rain. Yes. Yeah. Um, but but Homedale, I'm they win. Those were or not Homedale. Excuse me, Fruitland. Those were those were my favorite. Those white and bright orange for the win. So whoever's ordering the Homedale, why do I keep saying that? The Fruitland baseball jerseys. You you um you deserve a, an award of some sort. Yeah, for the record, we we got a question during our live state baseball preview show asking us who you know who we thought had the best uniforms in the field. And Logan, if I'm not mistaken, said Bonner's Ferry. I did. I like the 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 dark blue pinstripes. I do. I still like them, but those Fruitland ones take the cake. Yours truly said Fruitland from and the you're, jump. You're right. I'm agreeing with you, Brandon. Here it is, <laughs> me eating a plate of crow. Um, that I was that that I was wrong, and that those ones from Fruitland were nice. And the, and the numbers kind of faded as they went down the back of the jersey too. As you got to the bottom of the number, it kind of faded into the white, right. which was a nice touch, I thought, as yeah. well. We uh, Homedales were good. The problem I had was they're black and red, and when they played Kimberly, Kimberly was also wearing black and red. It got very confusing to differentiate who was it who. Was. It was it was a mess that game, to be honest. Yeah, it was. So. It looked like the same guys out there. I mean, I would love to have seen a a runner on second base act like he's the second baseman and say, throw it here, you know, and in a quick moment's notice, I wouldn't have been able to tell like in the heat of the moment, like it, it would have been tough. So yeah, nobody I, did that. I would, that's, that's my only, that's my complaint from state baseball. Nobody tried that in that game. Right. That would have been, 
all-time move for sure. So, uh, all right. Thanks everybody for tuning in to this elongated version of the Treasure Valley Prepcast. We will be back with some off-season content for you in a couple of weeks. But until then, for Logan Green, I'm Brandon Bainey. Thanks for tuning in on IdahoSports.com.